Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. You have reached the host, Motormouth Mosley. I hope you're having a great Labor Day weekend. Thank you for tuning in, whether you're doing it via call-in or if you log on to the, the Blog Talk Radio site. Just want to say thank you for your time. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for your love and your support for listening to what i got to say. Got a busy show tonight. A lot of things happening this week. Had a great week of football, of course. Got some roster cuts. We got some college football. We got a little golf, a little tennis. We're going to touch on a little bit of everything today. But uh, again, want to thank you for listening in. If you uh, happen to be listening in live, feel free to call in at three four seven nine four five seven four seven five um seven nine seven five. If you want to hit us up on Facebook, uh, go to the Bottom Mouth Mosley Radio Show fan page. Leave your comments there. Uh, If you've already liked the page, you will be getting all of our alerts as to what's going on and what upcoming shows we're having. Um, Baseball races are winding down. We've got about 25 games left, some great races going on in the American League West with the uh, Texas Rangers and the uh, Oakland A's fighting down for the last uh, playoff spot and wild card spot. We've got some great baseball going on in the National League. A couple of good races going on. Braves look like they're taking the NL West by storm, and uh, St. Louis and Pittsburgh are fighting it out uh, for their division. So definitely see what's going to happen with baseball. But as I said earlier, the best thing that's going on right now is we've got football. We've got full-fledged, unadulterated, non-exhibition college football games at some great uh, top 25 action uh, yesterday and last night. Some of it wasn't so great. It was a lot of blowouts because that first week is usually a lot of cupcakes. Uh, you got your big major programs uh, war- having a warm-up game basically against some of the, the le- lesser has-beens. Uh, at least that happened uh, in a few cases, but in a few cases they were jumped up and surprised by some of these uh, lower uh, uh, attended uh, attention-getting schools. Uh, The highlight of the day yesterday for me was seeing the Georgia-Clemson game, which was number five-ranked Georgia, playing against uh, number eight Clemson, some great athletes, a lot of NFL uh, prospects on both sides of the ball, two major conferences, ACC versus the SEC, uh, SEC has kind of been the big dog over the last seven, eight years between Florida and Auburn and Alabama winning national championships. They've had bragging rights and being the toughest conference in the, in uh, college football. Uh, but it was a great game in Death Valley over in Clemson, South Carolina last night. Uh, Clemson with Taj Boyd and Sammy Watkins and some great defensive players 
were able to knock off number five Georgia with Aaron Murray, uh, probably one of the top three quarterbacks to go in this year's draft. Uh, beat them up uh, in a great game. It was 35-38, I believe, was the final score. Uh, as for the games that were uh, closely matched, that was probably the best game of the day. The LSU-TCU game ended up being, I think it was number 10 against number 20, and it ended up being a 10-point game. It didn't quite have the excitement of the Clemson-Georgia game for me, but it was you know, it was still a pretty good game. Uh, as I said, you get a lot of the big dogs playing against the little dogs. So you got Bama who just rolled over Virginia Tech. I mean, uh, that wasn't a game, you know, from the get-go. Uh, a game that uh, had a lot of national attention uh, just because of the off-season that a certain young man had um, uh, seemed to be the uh, point of topic for a lot of the uh, analysts on uh, college football programs yesterday. And that was in the Texas A&M game over Rice University. Uh, it was 52-31, which is a pretty decisive win. But as I said, the the off-field antics of Johnny Manziel made that game uh, a little bit more attended, uh, gave it a little bit more attention. You, uh, he was suspended for the first game uh, after a six hour-long meeting with NCAA officials uh, over his alleged situation where he was getting paid to sign memorabilia. Rumor has it he had made up to $7,500. There were reports that he could have possibly lost his eligibility. Uh, I will touch on this subject a lot more uh, as for my commentary on the young man, but just as for the game, he set out the first half uh, with a suspension. Uh, uh, I think his name was Matt J- uh, Jokel. Uh, came in and played quarterback. Played rather well. wasn't anything spectacular, but the game was rather lethargic. It didn't have that excitement that you would want. And um, the score was 28-21 at the half. A&M was up, uh, but they're number seven against an unranked team, so it should have been uh, a blowout. But it was a closer game, uh, but it seemed like the whole Texas A&M team uh, just was kind of going through the motions. Houston and Rice was, was very excited. They were, you know, you know going for the upset. Uh, they went into halftime, and it was like the cameras on whatever network I was watching just couldn't keep the cameras off of Johnny Manziel, even though he was on the sidelines. So he gets into the game uh, first. Texas A&M drive of the second half. The crowd goes berserk. The energy level just seems to just elevate. And he came in, and I think his first three or four plays, he dropped back the pass, but he took off running. And, you know, added a little excitement. But he ended up only having uh, six rushes for 19 yards, so what do you think is spectacular? He, had, he threw uh, eight passes, six of them completed for 94 yards, but for three touchdowns. But what seems to be getting all the attention was that he got ended up getting pulled out of the game by his coach because there was some taunting going back and forth between uh, Houston, uh, excuse me, Rice players, which is in Houston, Texas, Rice players and Johnny Manziel. Of course, the cameras caught everything, and every announcer from uh, Mark May to uh, the old guy uh, and and every other bobblehead on a major network seemed to just have a comment uh, just 
criticizing this young man over and over again. Again, I will touch on that a little bit more, uh, but uh, as outside of the great uh, game that I said was Georgia Tech versus Clemson, the what I really enjoyed about yesterday was there was a lot of uh, David versus Goliath games where David uh, showed up and showed out. Um, seven, and some people say eight, but I don't count the Georgia uh, State game because they're just moving up from uh, the lower division up to the upper division. College football has two major divisions, the FBS football bowl system and I think the FCS, which is football championship system. And it used to be that it was Division One and Division One AA, and Division One was your Oklahoma's, Nebraska's, USC's, Notre Dame's, and then One AA was you know some of these schools, the directional schools that you probably not heard a lot of, um, but a way for a lot of these smaller programs to make money is to go to some of these big schools the first game of the season and basically get whipped up on. That's usually the idea. And uh, I think it was Cal State Fullerton uh, back in the early 80s that used to just travel around, and they never had a home game. So they were just making money and basically trying to support the baseball program. But um, you you had some games yesterday where, like I said, uh, smaller schools went to big schools to get a paycheck and walked out with a paycheck and left the butt whooping. You had Eastern Washington beating number 25, Oregon State out of the Pac-12, 49-45. The best thing about that game was that it was played in Oregon State and not played at Eastern Washington. Because at Eastern Washington, they have a red artificial turf field that is just hideous and terrible to watch football games on. So thank goodness that game was actually at Oregon State. Then you had North Dakota State, who is an FCS power, beating uh, last year's Big 12 champion, Kansas State, 24-21 in Lawrence, Kansas, Manhattan, Kansas, which is a big-time upset. That is huge. McNeese State, and I bet you 90% of my listeners who don't live in Louisiana wouldn't be able to tell you where McNeese State is, but it's in Lake Charles, Louisiana. They beat South Florida 53-21, to and 53 points is the most points ever scored by an FCS school or against a FBS school. So against Division II school, scoring 53 points against Division I school is the most points ever. Then you had Northern Iowa beating the University of Iowa in their Pittsburgh Steeler-like uniforms, 28-20. to 20. Big-time upset, in-state rivalry. A lot of kids who probably played against each other in high school. A great win for the North, Northern Iowa team. Then you had Towson, 33 over UConn, 18 and Southern Utah beat South Alabama 21-22. But the highlight again, another highlight of the weekend, was that Mr. Dino Babers out of Morris High School and the University of Hawaii, head coach at the Eastern Illinois Panthers, went in to San Diego State and knocked off Mountain West Conference, I believe, division champ, division uh, uh, last year's champion, uh, and beat them in their own backyard decisively, 40-19. to 19. My kudos goes out to Coach Babers and his team for a great win. May this luck, may, may, may this success carry on throughout the season. 
uh, as a UH alum and former neighbor and teammate of Coach Babers, I'm exuding with nothing but pride and happiness for him and his program. It's his first college uh, head coaching game, uh, and although Eastern Illinois is, Illinois is famous for some of his former coaches who uh, went on to great fame in the NFL, uh, Coach Babers, uh, great Great job done. Big thumbs up. Congratulations on your victory over San Diego State, your own hometown team. Uh, the NFL had more roster cuts this week also. Um, rosters were cut earlier in the week. Uh, I believe on Tuesday they were cut from 90 to 75, and then there were 16 preseason games on Thursday, and rosters had to be cut from 75 to 53 by today, some of uh, by yesterday. Some of the noticeable cuts uh, that I will toss out real quickly are Tim Tebow cut again, trying to play quarterback. Uh, New England Patriots, if you can't play quarterback under Coach Belichick, who uh, can transform and make you into something that you may not be. Uh, if you can't make it there, you may be in trouble trying to play that position on a NFL team. My advice to Tim Tebow, which means nothing more than a cup of rice, would be to, uh, in the offseason or in your time, your downtime, work on being a tight end. Work on being a H-back. Give up the dream of being an NFL starting successful quarterback. Can you come in and win games occasionally? Absolutely. Anybody with NFL caliber talent can. Can you be a winning NFL quarterback? I doubt that. Um, can you run a pro-style NFL offense successfully? I doubt it very seriously. Your skill set, in my opinion, and that's all it is, just doesn't qualify you as being an NFL quarterback. You are a good athlete. You have some skills. You have great toughness. But I think you are trying to play a position that your skill set just isn't capable of doing. You can blame it on your high school coach for not uh, grooming you better. You can blame it on Urban Meyer for not grooming you better when he was at when you were at Florida. But the bottom line is you can make some plays occasionally. Ryan Leaf could make plays occasionally. But Tim Tebow, my opinion, you are not an NFL quarterback. Best of luck in your next venture. But I think your best avenue would be to try it at a new position. Also released by his team, uh, the San Diego Chargers released Robert Meacham. Now, Robert Meacham is somewhat interesting because he had a little bit of success playing wide receiver with the New Orleans Saints. It looked like he was going to be pretty good. You know, he had a, had his moments. Uh, signed a $6.875 million contract with, uh, well, a large contract with the San Diego Chargers. And they are now on the hook for $6.8 million against their salary cap, and you're still going to get paid something. Uh, so probably one of the worst off-season signings possible. Maybe you'll catch on with another team. I don't know. It uh, looks like the Green Bay Packers also released Vince Young, who had come into camp late in the dance to – sure up the back-up position at quarterback for the Packers and fight Graham Harrell uh, for that back-up position. 
Uh, Vince wasn't able to secure that job, but I do believe, unlike Tim Tebow, that there is a place for him at quarterback on an NFL roster. I believe teams, uh, Jacksonville might want to take a look at him. I wouldn't be really upset if the Cowboys looked at him as a backup. But I believe there is a home for him to play in this league. Uh, Another quarterback that was released was Brady Quinn off the Seattle Seahawks. Brady Quinn was a draft day nightmare uh, back when he was coming out of Notre Dame. Again, trying to be a quarterback, signed on with a couple of teams, has bounced around the league in four or five years of being in the league, was beat out by uh, Tavares Jackson for the backup role in Seattle uh, to Russell Wilson. Um, I'm not sure that if I was a GM, I would take a long look at Brady Quinn, but the quarterback pool in the league is so thin that he may latch on somewhere. Someone may use him as a backup. Um, I saw something interesting with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they released the Brandon Bogate and Shane Graham. So they are actually going into the season without a kicker. <laughs> in a game called football, they are going into the season without a place kicker. Now, I do believe that they're probably going to wait until some team releases another kicker, and they'll probably pick somebody up off the streets. So I think this is just a temporary deal. But I guess that whoever they had in camp, uh, they weren't real thrilled with. Again, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. I'm going over some NFL roster cuts. We talked a little bit earlier about some college football. I've got a few minutes left, but I will get back into the uh, NFL uh, roster cuts, and I will touch again on some college football uh, notes that I I have. Um, Back to the NFL. The Raiders uh, will be starting the season with four quarterbacks, and that will include uh, Matt Flynn, Terrell Pryor, and McGowan, a quarterback out of Penn State. Uh, I don't know if that's going to last more than uh, all the way up until next Sunday, uh, but no one really – stood out during preseason for the Raiders uh, to kind of take hold of the position and uh, look like they were going to be the leader. So I guess their coach there decided to keep all four quarterbacks, but he also kept two punters, which, again, I don't think will be uh, a long-term thing. Uh, It's kind of strange that the Raiders are now looking for a punter because for years they had the best punter in the NFL in Shane Leckler, and he's now punting for the Houston Texans. Uh, I bet you they wish they had paid him a little bit more and kept him there because he's probably going to be uh, go down in history as one of the two great uh, punters of all time, and both of them happen to be Raiders. Uh, another roster cut, Matt Leinart, former USC quarterback, can't find a home, been on three or four different teams in the NFL, and he's been cut again, been released again. And the most disheartening roster cut, of the weekend, uh, of the weekend was Brian Banks, linebacker out of Atlanta, uh, uh, on the Atlanta Falcons team. As I had touched on on previous shows, young man who had gotten falsely accused of a sexual assault. The young lady finally came, and I use the word lady loosely. I uh, had, had finally come clean and admitted that he was totally innocent and had nothing to do with it. He's trying to recapture a NFL career. Uh, after being away from the game for several years, serving time. But it looks like that the rumor is that the Atlanta Falcons are going to hire him in some capacity 
to help their team. I don't know if it's going to be a coach or, or in the office or what, but it seems like that they like him enough to bring him on and uh, keep him around for some purpose, not exactly sure what. Um, after watching all the college football that I watched over the weekend, I, I came to a couple of conclusions. One, a lot of people need to get off of Johnny Manziel's back. And number two, I believe that the powers that be are going to do a great job at pushing A.J. McCarron, quarterback for Alabama, into the Heisman Trophy. He's a goody guy. He's clean cut. Uh, he's not very unexciting, in all honesty. Uh, he goes about his job very uh, lunch pail like very blue-collar. I believe he went to high school in Texas, so I should like him more. Uh, but he, I believe that they're going to find a way to just pump him and promote him, and he will be another uh, Gino Toretta-type Heisman Trophy winner who will win on the back of his team's success more than on his play. That's my pick. You heard it here first. You heard it here last. And in about nine months, we'll come back and we'll see who wins the Heisman, and I'll be able to tell you I told you so. I called it months ago. And back to Mr. Johnny Manziel. Like I said, I think a lot of people, uh, sports announcers, whoever, writers, need to get off the kids' back. Okay, yeah, offseason, he did some boneheaded dumb, selfish things, a couple of things that were blown out of proportion. Uh, he went to a party at the University of Texas, probably some guys who he had grown up with, who he had played ball against or with in high school. Big deal. Uh, he supposedly got kicked out of it. We don't know the full details. Was he being a jerk? Was they being a jerk? Was it to his best interest to not be there? Who knows? Either way, it got a lot of unnecessary pub, in my opinion, and uh, was just another one of the many things that uh, was an arrow shot at him uh, throughout the off season. Again, I do admit that some of the things that he said and did in some of his tweets were definitely boneheaded, were definitely unnecessary, and definitely cast him his own self in a bad light. But as of yesterday, watching the game against Rice, the announcers, before, during, and after the game, just – I don't know if they get paid by word how much they talk about this young man and, and, and criticize every move that he does, but it, was, it just got to be a little bit too much for me. And, and personally, he became a sympathetic figure to me. Uh, during the game, he came in, did his thing, got into some on-field tete with the, the opponent, which goes on all the time. There is smack talk. There's trash talk. There's yo mama this. You can't do that. Goes on all the time. There's gestures. There's all the time. Not a big deal. Usually not even paid any attention to unless there's a penalty. Every move the kid made was just, oh, God, he did this, and oh, he did that, and oh, he needs to grow up, and he didn't learn anything in the off season. You're listening to a bunch of 45, 50, 60, 70-year-old men talk about something that is insignificant in today's young athlete's mindset. We are 
we look at some of these young athletes as us old guys, and I put myself in that category. We look at some of these old guys and say, oh, he shouldn't be all tattooed up, and he shouldn't have his hair like that, and he shouldn't wear his hat like this. Guys, sit down and shut up. Let them kids be kids. Let them do it the way they want to do it. They call it swag. They call it whatever. Other than the pulling the pants down below your butt, I'm, I'm cool with most of what these young men do. So, in my opinion, leave Johnny football alone. They followed him from the time he got into the game, well, until he got on the field, until he walked into the locker room. In fact, they had one camera designated to him. Let it go already. Move on. Okay, I'm off my high horse. I'm going to step back in my old man chair. I'm going to drink my Geritol, and I'm going to read the numbers on my AARP card, and I'm just going to chill for a while. Okay, that's long enough. Last game I want to talk about was my University of Hawaii Rainbow Warriors playing against the University of Spoiled Children in Southern California fighting Trojans. Game was televised nationally uh, with some really bad announcers. I don't know who these guys were. It was the CBS Network, the CBS Sports Network, I think it was. It was some new kid on the block network that I wasn't real crazy about the broadcast, to be honest. But it was a game, and this is mostly for my Hawaii peeps that might listen. It was a game that was pretty much dominated by a, a USC team uh, that was able to do something that the University of Hawaii couldn't do, and that's actually move the ball on offense. Now, the University of Hawaii's defense, man, those young men played their okoles off. They played their butts off. The defense did as much as they could to help win their game, but unfortunately the University of Hawaii has some problems on their team, and to me personally one of the major problems was their offensive line. And they had some problems with USC's defense keeping them off the quarterback. The uh, Taylor Graham, I think it's Taylor Graham, Tyler Graham, was the quarterback for the University of Hawaii. He was on his back way too much. He threw four interceptions. Two of them I discredited because it was the receiver's fault for uh, not being able to catch, which is all your main job is to catch, especially when the ball hits you in the hands. Not that I was any Steve Largent, mind you, but this is your job. You are the starting receivers. You should be able to catch balls that are thrown in your hands. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. So two interceptions bounced off their hands went to USC, uh, fans were calling for the backup quarterback, who was always the most popular player on the team, whoever's the backup quarterback, and he happens to be a local Hawaii product, so even more, and his father was actually a teammate of mine, so he's actually uh, the kid in the wings who every uh, local fan wants to see play, but I, 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 I want you to hesitate for a moment rushing this young man onto the field with this offensive line. You can't afford to send him out there at this point in time because he's a little undersized. He doesn't have the body mass to probably take some of the hits <clears throat> that went on at uh, versus USC this past weekend. So you might want to hold off and give this kid Graham a little bit more patience and understanding and coach all the coaches on the offensive side of the ball. You need to coach up your players a little bit better. Uh, your offensive line definitely needs some work. You need to get some kids in there that can uh, do some things. And if you can't, you need to hire Coach Brian Derby and get in there and, and, and let him uh, get those uh, young men to play the quality of football that they need to play at that level. Because uh, it doesn't matter if it's USC 
or UNC or U Triple uh, SA that's playing, if that line plays the way they played uh, the other night, it's going to be a very long season, and it'll be a lot of injured quarterbacks. Um, I believe U.S. I believe University of Hawaii plays against Oregon State this weekend at Oregon. Uh, that's going to be another one of those games, and I believe it's in Corvallis. So it's going to be another one of those games that you've got Pac-12 Oregon State ranked previously against Mountain West Conference team. So you got another David versus Goliath. But I do believe that Oregon State will be better prepared, and it could be a very long evening. I wish my former school the best of luck. I hope that they can go in there and pull off a major upset, But and I definitely don't want to see them start the season 0-1. Uh, I hope that they're able to uh, get some things done this weekend. I hope it's a great game for the University of Hawaii. I hope they can uh, – steer this ship back to where it needs to be. But, uh, again, you've listened to the Motormouth Mosley radio show. I've had a great time running my mouth because it's what I do second best. Well, the thing I do best is eat. But it's, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, if you don't like what I had to say, if you got some rebuttals or some comments, if you think I'm out of my mind, holler at me. I ain't mad at you. I'll go back and forth with you. We can do a little head-to-head. But, again, uh, we'll be back on the air Tuesday night at 11 o'clock. Looking forward to hearing from you. Looking forward to uh, still looking for some sponsors and some ads. So if you got a product and you want to get it out in the public, holler at me. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. Uh, God bless. Love you. Miss you. Have a great one.